Numbers chapter 9, verse 21. We're talking about faith settlement. Sometimes the column of smoke stayed only from evening until morning. When the smoke moved in the morning, they broke camp. Day or night, when the smoke moved, they broke camp. Whether it was two days, a month, or a year, as long as the column of smoke stayed over the tent, the Israelites would stay in the same place and they wouldn't break camp. But when the smoke moved, they would break camp. At the Lord's command, they set up camp, and at his command, they broke camp. They obeyed the command that the Lord had given through Moses. Have you ever studied those few verses? Or are you like me, and you've read them several times, but you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. When the, you know, they're, they're following a column of, of, of smoke in the day and a pillar of fire at night. I get it, right? And the pillar or the cloud is over the, over the, the, the holy place. And whenever it moves, the people move, right? We get that, right? Have you ever really studied this? Sometimes that meant they only stayed in the same place a day or two. Somewhere around three million people. They don't have that many campsites down at Lake Force Men. Or over at Devil's Den. Three million people on a 40-year camp out together. Let's go camping, all three million of us, for 40 years in a wilderness. Doesn't sound like a real good plan. Let's get all of us together and go out in the desert where there's no water or food. Let's not just take a few of us. Let's take three million of us. So it would take hundreds of thousands of pounds of food a day to feed us. Let's go out in the desert where we can't find anything and stay for 40 years. That, folks, is living in faith. That's called a faith settlement. So you have the Levites, whose job was to move the tabernacle and everything that that entailed. If you've ever studied Deuteronomy and Numbers, you know how they go into the details. Right down to the ring, the golden rings. I mean, there's a lot of stuff entailed. And, and then the Levites are given wagons. And on the wagons, they're able to carry everything. There's a certain way they got to carry it. I mean, they got to be careful how they handle this stuff or else they'll be killed. So every time they go to move, they can't just holler, hey, you guys grab that Ark of the Covenant and put it up. I mean, they can't do that. There's a certain way the Levites are moving all of this stuff. Then you have the armies who are amassing. They are assembling and they're moving. Then you have all of the, the laity, all the rest of the people, and all of them are breaking down their campsites every time the column moves. Every time. 
So maybe they stay in one place for a couple of months. Maybe they stay somewhere for a day. Anybody here ever gone camping? How would you like to go set up your stuff every two or three days? It's not the same with you today because you got all your stuff combined together. But back then it was everything they owned per each tent, per each family. All of our belongings are with us. We just got the tent set up. We've been here three days. We like this place finally. We found a place we like. We got everything situated. Mama finally got stuff hung up on the walls. And somebody comes running through hollering, the column's moving. The column's moving. We got to go again? Oh, my lands. We just now got the stuff set up. Hmm. I went to school one time in seventh grade at a school for three weeks. That's how much we moved when I was a kid. I went in seventh grade. I went to one school. I registered in three schools in seventh grade and moved before I even went to one of them. And then went to another one for most of the year and moved and went to another one for, for uh, three weeks. But that's back in the day when the column was moving a lot. church world was a different place in the 70s and the column moved by the time I was 16 or so I could have become a professional mover as I'd done it so many times I know how to pack the truck I know where everything goes we've done this before Anybody here ever moved much in the military or pastors or whatever you might have been? I mean, you've put yourself in a business where sometimes that happens. You move a lot. Moving is stressful, isn't it? Do you ever move? Anybody here ever move? It's stressful. It's costly, isn't it? It's taxing on your whole being, not just on your wallet, but it's taxing on your mind. Why is it taxing, ladies? Because we're having to leave it and do this all right. That sense of stability. Where are we going now? What's the next house going to be like? Where are the kids going to go to school? What's the neighborhood? Those kind of things are stressful. I don't want to move anymore. Deb and I have got too much stuff. But when you move, you live out of boxes for a while, don't you? You just try to get from one place to the other. When you get there that night, you throw everything in the room, set up the beds, and go to bed and get up the next day, and you start in, and for however long it takes you, you just, you know, if, if it happened to be like us, you moved on a weekend and Sunday's coming, you're going to church on Sunday, so Sunday morning you up early scampering, looking through boxes, trying to find shoes, trying to find clothes. Doubt for us was just life. If you moved a lot, and that was what we call normal. I, I never went to one school 
more than three years. That, I, I sat down and figured that up. The longest I ever went to any school was for three years when I was a kid. That was a long time. That was just the way life was. You pack it, you load it, you move it, you set it back up again, and you stay here as long as you can, and then it's time to go again. Imagine with me that you're an Israelite living among these people that we're talking about here that have just been delivered from Egypt. And this guy Moses is the only one that's hearing from the Lord. All the other three million of us are depending on what Moses hears from God and passes down to us. Now, God gives signs through Moses. Miracles happen through Moses and Aaron. And so every once in a while, seeing those supernatural things help us to remember, yeah, they are hearing from God. But it'd still get tough if you'd moved last month and you just got settled And they said, we're moving again. And so you moved to a certain place. You were there for four days. And then here comes Moses again and says, okay, the cosmos, we're going again. You're like, good night. Can these guys never get, I know they hear from the Lord, but why can't they hear from from the Lord sometime and stay somewhere? Why are we always moving? You ever thought that about the church world? Why is the church always moving? Why can't it stay the same? Why can't we do things like we did back in 1983? I liked it then. Why are they always following the column? Why don't they just stay put? Why are we moving all the time? I wish somebody would make up their mind. I'm tired of this constant moving. Why can't we settle down and stay somewhere? We're always going somewhere, but we're going nowhere, and we're going fast all the time. Why is it that they were moving all the time? Because God himself was taking them somewhere. You said, oh, I know the answer to this when he was taking them to the promised land. Yeah, that was in 40 years. They were going to go to the promised land. But that's not where he was taking them right now. He was taking them somewhere right now to get them ready to go somewhere later. But until they could learn to settle in faith, they couldn't move into the promised land. Had to learn how to live in faith settlement. Faith settlement isn't a physical place. It's a spiritual place. Once you learn how to settle in faith, then the physical place where you are makes little difference to you. Did you hear that? Huh? Once you learn to settle in faith, then the physical place where you are makes little difference to you. Instead, once you settle in faith and come to love faith living Uh Uh-oh, here we go. All you want is the move of God, not the stability of sameness. People living in faith want the move of God. They always prefer that over same. Holy Ghost, where are you taking us next? Where are we going now? Doesn't matter what it's going to look like or sound like or feel like. 
if you're the one leading us there, then let's go. Faith settlement. Most of us want to think that we are faithful and that we are full of faith. But it's, it's only the life that is lived in constant faith that can really make you faithful. Because as humans, you know what we want? You know what we want more than the move of God? Are you ready for this? Three S's. This is what we look for in life. This is what we prefer. This is what we want over the move of God. I want stability, security, and same. It's quiet in here, isn't it? For us, many times we think success means... For us, success is we've arrived at a place where we finally get to settle down. We're going to stay right here forever. This is why we struggle with total commitment and true tithing and faithful service. Because we want to reserve the right to decide when we're going to obey God. Faith settlement says you obey him all the time. But when I reserve the right to that, then I can determine based on the appeal of the pastor whether or not I'm going to give in the offering. But if I live in the settlement of faith, it don't matter what the pastor said. He could have got up and yodeled and said the Pledge of Allegiance. It wouldn't have made no difference. I'm still tithing because I live in faith settlement. Wow, it's quiet in here. If God told you to sell your house today and give away the money, how many of you would do it? I'm not telling you to do that. Don't you ever do something like that based on something that a man makes you feel like you should do from a pulpit. That's manipulation. If God doesn't tell you to sell your house and give the money away, don't do it. Because if you do, you're going to be homeless. I'm telling you straight up. Don't let anybody ever talk you into doing something like that. Don't talk you into it. I'm saying to you, if God came to you and said, I want you to sell your house and sell your stuff and give all of it away to the poor, how many of you would do it? If God said to you, today I want you to quit your job, take your family and move to Africa as a missionary, how many of you would do it? Don't quit your job if he doesn't say that because you'll be without a job. I'm not telling you to go quit your job tomorrow. In fact, if God's asking you to do something, he's probably not going to tell you to do it tomorrow. I'm going to get a lot of people gonna, that are going to be wanting to meet with me this week over things that God's been putting in their heart. I say, I need to meet with you. I need to talk to you. And what they're dealing with, they're dealing with something the Lord's been telling them to do. And God may not be saying you're going to do it tomorrow, but God's asking if you're willing to do it. I grappled with that in my office. I said this morning, I said, Lord, I guess if you told me to roll out to Africa, I'd go. I mean, I've been to a lot of places. I've been to a lot of different countries. I've been on a lot of missions trips. I've always enjoyed going, but I always enjoy coming home. And there's never been anywhere I went that I ever felt like I wanted to stay. Not forever, because I like coming home. 
But Lord, if that's what you want me to do, then I guess you'd change my desire and you'd make me want to go there and stay there and then I'd be happy. So yeah, I'd do it. How many of us could do that today? If God told you to leave your current job to take one where you're going to make less money, how many of you would do it? It's quiet in here today. I'm talking about living in faith settlement. I got a question for you. How much of the abundant life that God intends for you to live do you miss just because you refuse to pick up the tent and follow him every time he says to? Does security and stability and sameness steal the life of abundance and the adventure from far too many of us because we refuse to settle in the life of faith? You can operate in and out of faith from time to time. Some people think they're living in faith because they operate in and out of it. What's that mean? Well, every once in a while they have a day like this where that something gets through and they say, okay, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what the Lord tells me to do. And they do that for two or three weeks and then they go back to being, that's not, that's not living in faith. That, that, that can happen with finances. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test the Lord my tithe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tithe two or three weeks. If it don't work, I'm going to quit. Well, even if it never worked, even if tithing never worked and you never saw a blessing, you should still do it because the Lord said to. God is calling us to come and dwell in faith settlement. What do you have to commit to in order to live in faith settlement? It's simple, but it's difficult. Very simple to understand, but it's difficult. And some people go to faith settlement, but they only stay there for a short time because the three S's keep calling them back. Right? So what, what is the difference between the person who goes to faith settlement every once in a while and then goes back and the person who decides to dwell there? What's the difference? Let me give it to you. Here's how you dwell in faith settlement. Number one. You do what God says do every time. Not just sometimes. Everybody might do what God says every once in a while. But if you want to dwell in faith settlement, you do what God says do every time. Secondly, you go where God says go every time. Thirdly, you say what God says say Every time. That's all there is to it. The key to dwelling in faith settlement is not in the doing and the going and the saying. The key to dwelling there is the every time. A lot of people can dabble in and out of there. Who's the person's going to commit to dwelling there? Who's the person going to say, I'm going to live here. I'm not going to put my roots down on this planet or in a house or in a place. I'm not going to put my, I'm going to put my roots down in faith. The only place on the planet I'm going to settle is in faith. Not going to settle anywhere else. Not going to get attached to any place else. I'm not going to get attached to anything else. I'm going to settle in faith. So what hinders us from doing that? 
We make excuses. We say things like, I'm tired. I'm unsure. I'm not equipped. You ever said that one? I'm not prepared. I'm afraid. Look at those. Tired. I'm too tired to live in faith. I'm too tired to go do and say what God says. I'm too unsure. I'm too ill-equipped. I'm too unprepared. I'm too afraid to do that. Then you understand the children of Israel. Because they were saying the same things out there in the wilderness. They were having the same struggles as you are. As I am. But you look at the story and you see that God supplied all their needs according to his riches. Just like he's promised to do for you. Three million people moving around every few days or every few months in a desert. And whenever they get thirsty, God says, strike that rock with a stick. And water comes out of a rock. Or God says, okay, I'm going to, this one's, I've never understood this. I wish these scientists would explain this one to me. The scripture said that the wind blew, a violent wind blew, and it blew the quail from over the sea onto the land. What were the quail doing out over the sea? Well, that's where God created them. And then blew them in for the people to have to eat. They weren't living in the sea. They weren't living out over the sea. It didn't make any physical sense. It makes no logical sense. How, what are we going to have for dinner tonight? We're having quail. Where's it coming from? It's going to come from out over that sea. What are you talking about? I might think of maybe a duck. A duck might come in from there, or a seagull or something. But quail? Oh, yeah. There are going to be so many quail come in from over the sea that we're going to be, we're going to, we're going to be walking in quail. That's faith. It happened every day. What else are we going to eat? We're going to eat bread. Where are we going to get the bread? Going to come from this manna. What's manna? I don't know. It's this weird stuff. Every time there's dew out, dew out here in the desert. Every time we have all this dew in the desert. When the water goes away, what is left behind are these little coriander things and we take them we grind them up and we make bread and we have bread and quail every day and water where y'all get that off the ground from out over the sea and out of a rock how's that work we live in faith settlement we we dwell in this place of faith so all of our needs are met Because we live in faith, everything we need, God provides. We trust God. We don't worry every day about what we're going to eat and drink. And God says, give something away. We give it away because we know he's probably going to give us something bigger and better. So whatever God tells us to do, we do. Whatever God tells us to say, we say. Wherever God tells us to go, we go. Because we like his provision more than we like trying to provide our own. I get tired when I provide for myself. But I don't whenever God provides for me. 
all of the things that we would need, God would provide to guide us, to equip us, to sustain us, to protect us. You don't lack anything in him. I wish you'd hear this statement. The reason that you get tired and broke and discouraged and unsure is because every time you decide to allow the faith settlement to move on without you, along with it goes the protection, the provision, and the promotion of God. You're tired because the column went and you stayed. You're unsure, you're broke, you're weary because you decided to put down roots. And the Holy Spirit moved on. You'll always be tired and you'll always be unsure and you'll always be unprepared and you'll always be afraid if you're the only one here and everybody else has moved with faith. In the church world, every time the column moves, everybody that runs behind the column is happy and excited. The ones who have planted are always the ones talking about, I don't like what they're doing around here now. I, I like it. I don't like the way it's going now. I don't know why we couldn't just stay where we were. Improvement is impossible without change. Somebody a whole lot smarter than me thought that up. Your source is not found in the creation. Your source is found in the creator. He's the one that's going to see to it that you have all your needs met. If you're living in the settlement of faith. Now it costs to live there. You have to trust to stay there. You have to believe to stay there. You have to hope to stay there. You find that living in faith settlement, that is true that when you live there, you do move a lot. You never really put down roots. Living in faith means you never really put down roots. You just, you're constantly listening for the voice and you're constantly obeying the voice, but it's the safest place to be. And it's easy to do if you just do what he says, go where he says, stay when he says, say what he says every single time. That means you may not have to do nothing tomorrow. Because we may not be going. You may not have to do anything different than what you've been doing. Maybe you're living in faith. Some you've got to do nothing different. But the question is that when God says, are you going to be able to? The question is not to live in faith. It's not that you're constantly having to do something. But living in faith requires you to be willing to do whatever, whenever he says. Isn't that good? So how do I get there? Let me tell you a story. And I'm going to wrap this up. One night. A house caught on fire. Two story house. All the family got out except the son. The family's all out in the yard. And the little boy wakes up. To the fire, the sounds. He raises up his window and he climbs out onto the roof. He's standing out on the roof, but he is surrounded by black smoke, flames behind him and noise and crackling of things burning. He's scared, literally, he's scared to death. And he hears a voice from the ground crying to him, Son, jump, I'll catch you. He knows it's the voice of his dad, but he can't see him. 
You got to jump. Dad knows the boy's got to jump or he'll die. He's got to jump. You've got to jump. And the little boy says, but daddy, I can't see you. And the dad says, that's okay. I can see you. When God says jump, you jump. You don't say, I don't see how this can be you. I don't feel good about this. When God says jump, you jump. There's way too many who struggle with that. I'm going to tell you something. You read the story. There were a lot of people who couldn't stay with the camp. Those people that just couldn't continue to dwell in faith. You know what happened to them in the desert? They didn't go into the promised land. In fact, the Israelites had to wander for 40 years. It said that everybody that was 20 years and up that couldn't live in faith. They had to wait until they died. 40 years of wandering around waiting for folks that wouldn't get in faith to die. So that everybody else who would live in faith could go into the promised land. So there was a bunch of people that died in the desert. That was their legacy. They went from slavery to freedom, but because they couldn't trust their creator, they died in a desert and were buried in a wilderness. And the church and the living moved on. What about that? I don't want to be one of those folks who's so secure and so stable. I don't ever want to be that person that says, well, God, I'll, I'll give you my life, but I'm not giving you my house. I'm staying there. I'm not moving away. God said, what if I need, what if I need you to give that house to somebody? Well, I'm not doing that, but I'll give you everything else. Or you say, well, Lord, I, you know what? I can give you my heart, and my soul, but I can't give you my kids. I can't give you my children. I'm going to have to hang on to my children. God said, well, what if I want to take your kids? What if I have a place that I want to use them? What if I need them somewhere? What if I created them to do something that doesn't involve them staying right here by you? Well, then we've got a problem, God. Huh? Faith settlement says you got to be willing to say, Lord, I dedicated these babies to you, and if you take them to the other side of the world, I'll miss them. But I got to let them go. In fact, if you want to dwell in faith settlement, you got to be willing to say that about everything around you. I like my job. But if the column moves, I'm going with the column. I like my school. I like my friends. But if the column moves. Huh? The only place God wants you to settle here. Is in the spirit. You can't settle in the physical. You can't settle. Demand and cling to things on this planet that are all going to burn. 
faith settlement is never a physical place, but it's always the place where the spirit lets you put down roots. God wants everybody to settle in faith. Nowhere else. Ladies, that's tough. I know that's tough, ladies, because the, the, the main thing for you, the, 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 the most important thing in your life is the stability and the security of your home and your family. God's saying, you want to dwell in faith? Give me that. Dads, that's, that's tough. You've worked really hard to get where you are in business. You've worked really hard to get where you are in life. And God says, I want you to. I remember the time years ago. Fortunately, I didn't have much. But I remember the, the time years ago that God told me one Sunday, he said, empty out your bank account. I want you to give everything to me. So I went and told Deb, God said for us to empty out our bank account and give everything we have away. It's financial. All of our, he said, give everything, all of our money away. You know what we did? We wrote a check. I don't, and here's the point. I'm not bragging about that, but here's what I'm saying about it. That was such an insignificant thing now looking back on it that I don't remember how much it was. I don't remember how much it was. Because it wasn't mine. So it hurt. <laughs> I gave it away because I had worked. I had worked to lay claim to that, right? But it wasn't mine. And I... Stroked a check and I put it in the offering and I had little kids at home. I'm talking about what I had in a savings account and a checking account. Everything I had in savings and checking. We wrote a check. And there it went. I can't remember how much it was. Because God... As way beyond that. I'm not saying I'm rich because I'm not. I, I, I could do that. I could do that again today and it wouldn't make that much of a difference in the kingdom of God, I'm sure. But the point I'm making is I learned a valuable lesson and so did Deb right there. Man, if we do what God says do, He takes care of us. You could tell by looking at me, I hadn't missed a whole lot of meals. Only time I miss a meal is if I decide to fast. And I'm sorry to tell you, I don't do that near enough, Jerry. Convicted about that one, too. <laughs> I got to get back to the faith settlement on that fasted thing. Neil, I hear you laughing behind the curtain. You're going to have to fast after that big. You've been on that. You've been on that big. Va you might as well come on out. We all heard heard you now. He's been on that vacation on a cruise all week long. Come on out here with your tan, brother. You know you need to fast for about two weeks after what you just did on that cruise. I heard you laughing back there. I'm a prophet. Neil Hubbard was standing right behind it. Neil, I think Neil Hubbard is. They say, how did you know that was Neil? Because he's back there every week. I mean, that one, wasn't, that one wasn't hard to call. Faith settlement. Boy, it's tough, isn't it? What is God going to ask you to do this week or next or next month? What is God 
going to tell you to say? Where is God going to tell you to go? You don't have to drastically do anything right now to get in faith settlement. You may already be there. I'm saying the way that you dwell there is to be willing to go, do, or say every time. And if you can do that, you're living in faith settlement. If you can do it, you're already there. Please listen to me. Please don't get convicted over this and go give. Don't go write out all your money and put it. Don't go give all your money away. God don't tell you to don't do that. Please don't do that. Don't go give your house and your car away. Don't do all that. I don't care what the televangelist said. Don't do it. Don't listen to me. Don't listen to man. Don't listen to any. Listen to the voice of God. If you want to dwell in faith. Then do, say, and go what God says every time. Not just every once in a while. Not just when it's convenient. Not just when you feel good about it. But every time. Let me tell you one of the hardest things about that. I know i got to wrap this up. One of the hardest things about that is the saying part. Now, I don't like the, I don't want to have to go a lot either. I, I, you know, God tells me to do things all the time, and I try to do that, what he tells me to do. And he tells me to go, I try to go. And I try to say, but the, one of the hardest is the saying. It's, sometimes the Lord tells me to say things to you that I know are not going to make me popular. You're not going to walk away and say, boy, I really love that message today. Man, I'm so glad he's my pastor. I love to hear that guy preach. You walk away, you go, man, I, every time I go down, I just get the tar beat out of me. Sometimes it's whenever he says to me, you see that young lady over there? Would you go tell her, bam, bam? I'm like, what? I don't, I don't want to get slapped. He said, go tell her. What if I'm wrong? He said, well, I'm not. You might be, but I'm not. Go tell her. Go tell him. The saying is tough sometimes. God help us to settle in faith. I want to put my roots down in faith. Not anywhere else. I can't put them down anywhere else. I got to put my roots down in faith. How many of you today would acknowledge that this is a word from the Lord for you by lifting your hand to say, you know, I need to hear this. I just need to be reminded today. How many of you would do that? I just need to be reminded today. Of course, it's man, it's probably all of us. The first way to get into the settlement of faith is by putting your trust in Jesus. If you've never done that, then the rest of this absolutely makes no sense. It makes absolutely no sense. If you haven't trusted Christ with your life and with your eternity and your soul, then all the rest of this is just foolishness. Even the Word said that. If you've never given your life to Christ, I want you to be able to put your roots down in something that will never fail or never change. If you don't know Jesus as your Savior, your whole life is topsy-turvy 
because your life is built on a foundation that really isn't one. It's liquid. But when you sink your roots into Jesus, you get planted on a rock. So I'm going to give you an opportunity all across this room. People are praying for you right now. Would you pray, church? Who in this room would acknowledge this morning and say, Pastor, I want, to, I want you to pray for me because I need to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I need to die to myself. I need to give my heart to Christ. I need to get rooted on a firm foundation. I need to get settled in faith. Anybody? I need to trust, trust Christ with my life. I'm looking right now. I'm looking. I'm looking. I, I'm on, I want to keep looking. I, raise your hand. I want to see who you are. and Keep it up until I find you. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Let me see who you are. Lord, I pray for us today. I pray for us today. Teach us to trust. Help us pray that simple prayer. If we don't, if there's one God that doesn't know you, let them them acknowledge you and pray that simple prayer. Lord, I'm sorry for my sins. Forgive me for my past. I want to live for you. From this day forward, I want to be your child. Jesus' name. That's all it takes. And then a commitment to go, do, and say every time. To the rest of our church, how many of you don't lie about it now and don't stand out of, out of, out of positive peer pressure, but how many in this room would join me and stand into your feet to say, I'm going to try, Pastor, I'm going to try to do my best to settle in faith. I'm going to try to become that person who goes, says, and do and does every time. If that's you, I don't care if you've been saved a hundred years. If that's you, I want you to stand to your feet right now as a fresh commitment to the Lord. Say, I'm going to do my best to settle in faith. How many will do that? How many will take that challenge with me right now? Stand all over this room. As we are standing, I want Neil to lead us in that song. And I want us just to lift our hands and say, Lord, I'm not my own. I'm bought with a price. The only place I want to put my roots down is in you. Use me however you want. Take me wherever you desire. My life is not my own. I'll follow you, Lord, wherever you lead. I'll go where you say. I'll say what you say. I'll do what you say. Lord, I make a commitment. I'll do that every time. Then you get to settle in faith. Lift your hands. Make that commitment. Pray that prayer while he he leads us.